Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Inner Fight Podcast. My name is Marcus Smith. Thank you for joining me. Today I have an incredibly special guest. I was actually offered this guest a while ago and I didn't really know what I was going to ask him, to be totally honest, because I know him, I know his children, I know their children, so his grandchildren, and I started to think about it, and I incubated the idea, and then one day I reached out to his daughter, and I said, do you think you could arrange for your dad to come and speak to me for the podcast? And I'm so glad I did. In the next 45, 50 minutes, I hope you will take as much from my guest today as I took. Maybe this was a little bit of a selfish show. I was asking him questions that I wanted to know the answer to. I was looking for the answer or different secrets that I wanted to use, but I'm sure those answers and what, it, what we speak about in today's show will help so many people. I have listened to the show back and I'm gonna listen to it again and I hope you listen to it more than once or slow down a little bit as we speak about maybe take out a pen and a piece of paper and make some notes i've talked it up a lot it was absolutely one of the best hours of my week and such an honor to have today's guest on the show this is episode number 868 of the inner Fight podcast life lessons with abu timor Enjoy the show. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Tell us, your first name is Saad. That's right. We said that that's a little bit hard to pronounce. That's In right. the Arabic culture, you take the name of your eldest son, Timur. That's right. If you didn't take his name, if you didn't have boys, there's a chance that you might have a girl's name. That's right. And that, uh, that will be the father of that girl. For instance, Yasmin yeah. is my eldest. So. Culture is huge. Yeah. And you come from a country and you've lived in a country which has incredible culture. What does culture mean to you? Tradition, history, experience, and some wisdom. Some wisdom. I feel that a lot of cultural things and the history and tradition is important to you? Well, it is, you know. I was educated in three systems. I, until maybe 10 years of my studies, it was in an Islamic school. That's why my Arabic is good. And even I dream and think of and count in Arabic. Really? Then I went to a Quaker school and I did my English studies, A-level, O-level. And then I went to an American university and went to the American school. So I went into three cultures. Wow. That's why I'm multicultured. And uh, as a Levantine, I can adapt to all but belong to none. <laughs> Do you like that freedom? That's uh, not my definition. That's yeah. a definition of a, a very famous... Uh, Lebanese historian, uh, Professor Salibi. Really? Who, who defined the Levantine as such. So you've answered one of the questions that I was going to ask you. 
Tell me. In that your English slang comes from the Quakers. Yes. Incredible. Yes. And that was so, I, I don't want to be rude, but quite a number of years ago now. Well, it was between 60 and 63. Where was that? Bromana High School in the mountains of Lebanon. Wow. Still a beautiful school that was started by the Quakers. And, and that's where you learned the English? Or uh, no, um, uh, my English was good from before. I, I like reading a lot. But I guess, yeah, because we had all English professors. Mm. So it was... That taught you all of our bad things. Exactly. <laughs> and, and none of the good <laughs> no, stuff. No, no, the good things. I have good uh, memories. So let's wind back. Where were you born? Beirut, Lebanon. Are we allowed to know which year? Sure, 1945, May 2nd. Nothing to hide. <laughs> Nothing to hide. Tell us about life growing up in Beirut in that time. Well, it was the golden days of Beirut. Um, I uh, can say that, you know, going to the school in Beirut and then to the mountains were beautiful days. Yeah. Uh, and uh, at that time, sports was important, especially at the Quaker school. But it was mostly swimming and tennis for me. I mean, I have no track, no all these uh, things that are uh, difficult for me. I was a little overweight, so it right. didn't help. Right. <laughs> but then I went to the American University of Beirut, which has a beautiful campus. Mm. And, you know, tennis courts and walking and things like that. So Life then and what people see and perhaps know... Lebanon for now must be you must have almost two separate visions in your mind yeah uh, Lebanon at this time is marred with lots of problems mm. and uh, I was there last week with my boys and of course you see the family you see but it's not normal situation it has not been normal since I left and came to Dubai 50 years ago is that why, did you leave because of the situation? No, no, it was coincidence. My father-in-law lived here and we came to visit and we stayed. <laughs> <laughs> Too that far to fly three hours home, you decided it. to this stay. This was 72. So you moved to Dubai in 72. Yes. Tell us what you found when you got here. Wow, it was a sleepy town. <laughs> it was so nice, so beautiful. Everybody knew everybody. Um, Everybody was accessible. Um, they used to take four or five hours in the day for siesta and things. It was a very calm and quiet uh, place. And um, it has changed tremendously during the past 50 years. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, it has a lot. What, when you came to visit your father-in-law, what was it that you felt about Dubai that made you want to set up your life here? Ease, ease of accessibility to people, to decision makers. Um, the ruling family was very welcoming. They were, as a matter of fact, His Highness was a little younger than myself and we knew him very well. Yeah. And uh, we used to spend lots of time. Uh, we used to go visit Sheikh Rashid at will. You know, things were, as a matter of fact, I can tell you something. Uh, if you 
have still the cable and wireless uh, book of telephones. Yes. Uh, you, you could see the, the bedroom of the ruler, the salon of the Minister of Defense. No the, the, I, I mean, num you accessible to anybody. Wow. So, I mean, it's, the whole thing has changed, of course. Was that normal of that era? Was that normal in, in, in Beirut? No. Could you do that? No, it was not. No, Beirut was much more sophisticated at that uh, time when I came here. Yeah. As a matter of fact, people in Dubai used to look for, look up to Beirut and learn from them. And uh, as a matter of fact, when my father-in-law moved here, he told me he moved to Dubai. I said, where? Really? Where is Dubai? Dubai. Yeah. Now Dubai is, is, is uh, unbelievable. You say just Dubai everywhere, and they tell you about it. 72 was before um, the union, before the UAE was formed? No, after. Just after? After. It was formed December 2nd, 71. So, right. and, and I moved here in September 72. Wow. So they had the currency of the dirham, or they were still using the rupee? No, they were using uh, Dubai Qatar Riyal wow. because of the intermarriage between the two families. Wow. And uh, then it became the dirham, of course. Yeah. No, it wasn't, in my days, it was not rupee. It must have, so that must have stopped maybe in the, in the 60s or something, I, I, I guess. believe so. Yeah. I believe so. So at 27 years old, you arrive in a town that's incredibly sleepy, you can call the, uh, the, the ruler. What did you see for yourself? Well, you see, I was working at the time in a triangle between Tehran, Beirut, and Dubai. And I was looking for industrial projects in Iran. I still kept my house in Beirut. And then I got my own house here in 75. Right. which was basically the start of the uh, civil war in Lebanon. And we decided that this is our base. This is it. What does it feel like for someone that's rooted in culture, rooted in tradition, brought up in a beautiful country that Lebanon still is in, in, in many yes. ways, but yes. the first 30 years of your life, the civil war started and you've almost made this decision now Dubai this is me now yeah. well this is my family this is my my that's life right. and, and, right. and you've lived it because you're still you're still here exactly. today that must have been a, a, a crazy time for for you well I guess the decision to stay was mainly because of the civil war mm. but a more important reason to stay is the welcome that we had from the various uh, structures in the society, from the, uh, uh, the citizens of Dubai, citizens of Fujairah, citizens of Sharjah, we knew them all. So, you know, I come from a family in Beirut that was known to them. So that helped mm. for me to integrate. You've come across something that I think still is quite prevalent in Dubai. 
and maybe you've got some views on this about the world generally, a lot of our success is based on who we know, not what we know for, for the most part. That was quite prevalent in the early days of Dubai. Yes, but I had both. Who and what? <laughs> <laughs> so that's so why that he was that so was, successful. That, that was helpful, yes. That's, uh, but it, it, do you still think Dubai's like that? Do you still think there's a lot of the, the, the who you know going on? They're not as accessible as they used to be. Mm. And for very good reason, they, they are too busy. Yeah. They have so many things on their plate. Yes. They can barely have time to uh, see everyone. When we see people moving to Dubai now, and I think it's exacerbated through the years, a lot of people, families, are shocked. Where are you going? What's it going to be like when you get there? I, I was talking to some people just a week or so ago that, you know, can, can uh, it was on the plane actually when I was coming back from the UK and the gentleman sat next to Holly asked her if she was allowed to drive here in Dubai. <laughs> We're looking at him going, okay, you know, that's okay. It's, you know, but in 72, how did it feel for your, for your family that you'd left behind? Uh, you said your father-in-law was here, yes. but how was that chemistry? Well, you know, my wife's family is a large family and I knew them when they were young and they were living here with their parents. So we had a big circle of right. nucleus family and then friends and then from Lebanese friends and Palestinian friends. So it was not easy, difficult to really? integrate and to, to have roots, to set roots. So it's quite, I guess that's quite different then to when people are moving here from Europe or when people are moving from Australia or the Americas, the dynamic, is it, would you say it's easier for, for you guys that have moved from surrounding countries? Well, definitely it is. You know, when, when I moved here, the local community was around only 60,000. Wow. Today, Dubai is 3.6 million population out of which I think 10 to 11% is local population, mm. which makes it around th between 350 and 400,000. So th then th now there are 200 nationalities in uh, Dubai. And uh, at the time when we came, it was basically Iranian, Indian, Pakistani, and of course the British mm. community. But there were very few Americans, very few French, or, or Australians, or what, mm. what have you. In a lot of, not now so much, but back then, things were based on community, like you said, people knowing each other. What, what sort of, talk, talk us through about maybe the communities that you mixed in that supported you and that gave you life and, and satisfaction in the early days. I'm interested to hear, because I, I mean, for, for myself, I remember Dubai Country Club in 1983, 1985, and it was the only place that, you said the British, was the only place that, that we went. And I think in Bahrain, there's actually, I don't know if it's still there, but there was the British Club. 
That's right. Which is it's very colonial of us, but very, you know, we like to do things like you that. You know, I, I knew <coughs> uh, several uh, British uh, nationals here because I did work with Dubai Aluminium. And that was uh, predominantly British uh, and very fine people. Also, the, the, the technocrats around Sheikh Rashid were also Brits. Mm. I mean, whether it's the water uh, department, whether it's the fiscal department, whether it's... Uh, so basically... Uh, but I was not a club person. Yeah. You know? So I never was part of uh, the, the colonial clubs. <laughs> as, you as, you, as you mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> so what was community and what was life then? Well, uh, we used to... Basically, every Friday, we used to go into the desert and look for a tree to go sit under, have the straw uh, carpets there, get uh, our sandwiches and uh, uh, drinks and what have you, and spend the, uh, the day. And right. the kids would go into the... Uh, the desert and play and what have you. That was our, uh, there were no parks. Uh, there were no, uh, the, the people, as a matter of fact, used to pass by the Iranian hospital, which was the only garden. And they would look at the trees, they would look at the flowers, they would look at the grass. Yeah. Just in shock that there was some greenery exactly. growing in this, exactly. uh, yeah. in this desert. Yeah, it actually... I never really thought about that yeah. because now I, I, I mean, we came in, in 83 and we were living in uh, trade center apartments in Sheikh Zayed Road. There was no greenery at all. At all, zero. And <laughs> as a matter of fact, that road used to be called the Iranian Hospital Correct, Road. Correct, yeah. It was not Al-Wasil I still call yeah. it Iranian Hospital It was not Al-Wasil Road. <laughs> and it wasn't Sheikh Zayed Road, yeah. it was yeah. Abu Dhabi oh, no, Road. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's, uh, it's an interesting, yeah. Yes. It's... Do you think that, like, do you ever stop and think, actually, I haven't been here, you've been here 50 years, and yes, it's a long time, but if you, do you ever compare it to advancements in other countries and how fast this country has advanced and, and just wonder how? <laughs> well, I mean, some people call it a miracle. Yes. Others call it a vision. Um, I think it was a combination of that plus good luck because definitely Dubai has benefited from the problems of what surrounds them. Mm. And especially the past two, three years with the Ukrainian war and then now with the Gaza war and with all these, everybody wants to come to the place of comfort. So, and they say, come, and we welcome you, and we will build for you. And, you know, this is what happened. Uh, the place uh, uh, developed in such fast, too fast, as a matter of fact. But they have been trying to uh, keep up with it. Yeah. Do you think it's safe? To be in Dubai? Mm. <laughs> I compared Dubai to Switzerland during World War II. Everybody has invested here and they want to keep 
their investment safe. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Because we're, and you put it so beautifully there, we've, we're surrounded by trouble. Some of them have been going throughout the time. Some of them have moved ge geographical locations by the decade almost. We had Iran-Iraq struggles. We had the war, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and, and we've had troubles in, as we say, in the Middle East for, since forever, sadly. Even, even troubles in Europe now, Dubai is benefiting from it. Which is mind-blowing. Yeah, the troubles in Pakistan, Dubai is... Fiscal troubles in Europe, people are moving here. So <laughs> they, are, they are really benefiting in different ways. And that's why I always wonder how safe we are without trying to be the, the, the negative guy in the room. I always question, it is a leadership like you've, like you've said. And in my heart, I think we're always going to be safe. And of course, I want us to always be sure. safe. I think there's a lot of people that don't want Dubai to always be safe. But, and it's through, it's through everything, not only through war, but through the pandemic. Yeah. Dubai was safe and, and it grew. Yes. <laughs> I mean, Trust me, uh, money is a coward. Mm. And the minute there are signs of uh, danger, you would see them flocking out. Yeah. It happened during the uh, uh, Gulf War, yes. the first Gulf War. Yes. Dubai became a ghost city. Yeah, you know? yeah I remember. Uh, yeah, and uh, that was the time to invest, as a matter of fact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's an interesting, because there's nothing, there's nothing like it. And like you've yeah. rightly said, yeah. it's not only the surrounding countries, it's the countries further afield. Yes. Even when they're suffering, somehow Dubai is booming. Yeah, I mean, there's an exodus of billionaires worldwide to Dubai mm. for a very good reason. Mm. Other than uh, uh, being in a beautiful place to live and party and play, also to put your money. Yes. And because of the... Uh, no tax uh, situation. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. Timor is not fifty yet, so he will be this year. He will be this year, <laughs> right? So, and that's where I was going next. Fifty years ago, you started a family, and you now have four uh, incredible. As a matter of fact, fifty-five years ago, this year we celebrate our fifty-fifth wedding anniversary. Congratulations. Thank you. And you're still walking every day, but not together. We learned this before well, the show. Well, uh, we do together constantly, which <laughs> I choose the places and okay. the time. <laughs> <laughs> and um, just because of, of a little injury in the knee, yeah. we don't do it together, but we do. Incredible. And that's one thing that and, and I, I always tell... Yasmin, I always tell Timor, who, who I see a lot, a lot more than Talal and, and, and Amira, I always see you guys together, mostly talking and mostly smiling, which I think after so many <laughs> years is probably something great. Yeah, yeah, that's a puzzle. <laughs> it's a puzzle, is it? What do you think? Let's go there. What, what are the ingredients of, of your incredible marriage for 55 years? 
mutual respect. Um, bend, don't break. Um, having things in common that you enjoy, which is really, uh, it's a lottery ticket for that because yeah. many people don't have the same interests and they part away with age. Luckily, we still have it. Do you, we hear a lot in, in maybe the modern age, let's say, about really working on the relationship and ensuring that those things are, are aligned. Has that come naturally or do you, do you see it and do you have to consciously make sure that you're staying close together? You really have to work on it, really, day in, day out, never let go. And I always say the glue that used to bring marriage together is not as strong these days as it used to be. <laughs> Why do you think that is? I guess the world changed. Relationships changed. Um, you have uh, maybe 20, 30 relationships before you marry. And, the, and then when that thing becomes problematic, you break it straight away. You don't keep working on it. We're paralyzed by choice. Yeah. And technology is giving us everything, yeah. Even more choice. That's true. Do you think that's the way humanity was supposed to roll out? Well, you know, the percentage of uh, divorces in the society worldwide is averaging 50%. Mm. I mean, in my uh, parents' days, divorce was not an option. In mine, even with all my friends, we don't have any friends that have divorced. Wow. But in my children's uh, generation, it's becoming 50%, mm. and I worry about my grandchildren. You would have come, I'm sure, to hard times with your wife. There would have been times where it was really challenging. Being, I, I can only visualize it, and the reason I, I, hopefully you tell me no, but to move to a country like Dubai in a time when you did, Traveling, I mean, traveling today between Dubai, Tehran, and Beirut is hard. So I can't even dream what it was like 40 years ago. Bringing up four children, you faced all of the hard things, and they're probably 10 times harder than we all face today. <clears throat> well, that's an interesting question. But I guess we were lucky. I guess we worked hard on it. I guess we were lucky with our children and the grandchildren. And um, it worked for us. Okay, it's like a miracle, like Dubai. <laughs> <laughs> a miracle marriage in a miracle exactly. city. Exactly. I mean, it's... We are very lucky. It's absolutely beautiful. And, and like I say, we, we saw each other a lot more, <laughs> which sounds like we were doing something naughty, but we saw each other more during COVID That's because true. you were on the beach track a lot and I was on... And, I always saw you guys in, in almost, I guess, almost like a bubble of, 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 of love. Well, thank you very much. As a matter of fact, when there was the lockdown and uh, our house is in Jumeirah, a villa with a garden, we used to wake up at 4.30 in the morning. Mm. And we used to walk around the house for an hour and a half. 
and then do the push-ups and the sit-ups and all these things to keep, to keep uh, up until we are allowed to go out mm. and, and explore the world. Because they, they even forbid, forbid us, forbade us to go into uh, malls or yes. to uh, supermarkets. Yeah. At the a- after the age of 60, you couldn't go in. Of course. So, yeah, so, so, <laughs> so we had to make use, the yeah. best use of, of, of the house. It's, it's yeah. incredible. And yeah. again, it's, it's so beautiful to, to, to see. So Timor is, is 50 this year. Yeah, and don't ask about Yasmin. That's not nice. <laughs> <laughs> Yasmin is sat in the room and so far we didn't, uh, she didn't get any hard time. You gave her all the hard time without the microphones <laughs> recording, which I think she's happy about. Yeah. She's been on the podcast before and I think we have to get her back uh, sometime now that she's completed her challenge of basically running all over Dubai, yes. every single street, which must make you very proud. Well, as a matter of fact, uh, I'll tell you a little story about Yasmin. You know, <laughs> she was the first child with us here. Right. You know, when we came in 72. And <clears throat> we were staying with our in-laws until we found our house. And our house was near the old zoo. And we used to cross the one lane uh, road to go into the beach. And the beach was still very wild. And we used to walk and Yasmin, as a teenager, bored, would sit down and say, what do you think? I'm going to run a marathon with you? No way. And look where she ended and up. look where she ended <laughs> up. I think, uh, I think no one, no teenager ever visualizes themselves no. running no. More, than, uh, yeah. more than to get away from their friends exactly. and look at what, what, what we end up doing. It's, uh, it's, and, it's phenomenal. And did she tell you that I coined her as Pink Taxi? No. Yes. Because really? she was constantly going around the streets of Dubai, delivering her daughter here, taking her son there. And then they had introduced the pink taxi. Yes. So I called it pink taxi. No way. So you're, you're the founder of, uh, of her famous Twitter <laughs> account, or X account, as we yeah, should say now, yeah. pink taxi driver. I should have taken a patent for that, yeah, but she, 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 I, <laughs> she doesn't pay me any. She doesn't, man. <laughs> So four children. Yep. That's a that's a lot. Yes, for this time. For this and, time, and yeah. Yes, but uh, we managed. It. Life was simpler. Yeah. You know, standards were simpler. Uh, demands were uh, simpler. Now, they, with this horrible social media, that supposed to be positive, mm. it's negative. They see everything. They want more. They, this is not enough. Mm. And also, third generations are spoiled because the first generation makes it hard. Second generation takes advantage of it. The third generation is bored and say, oh, this is not enough and things mm. like that. So, no, it was easy for us to bring them up the way we wanted to. One thing we wanted them to follow is education was paramount mm. for us they all had to have the maximum of education and really this is, was achieved the second fitness uh, their mother really involved them in so many um, activities 
horseback riding, swimming, ice skating, all types that were available in Dubai, they were uh, really. So, so your wife was the pink taxi lady of the 70s and early 80s, basically. Though, though she never drove, we had a driver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It must be incredibly rewarding to look at what you've built in those four human beings. They're all, I mean, how do you define success? I'll define it as they're all very successful. Well, well, they are my achievement. And when people ask me, what have you achieved in life? I say my children. Really? Yes. So nothing else matters. No. That's incredible. Yeah. That's really incredible. And they all have the same glow that you have as well. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah. I, I mean, I've been fortunate enough to spend... Over 10 years in the presence of, of predominantly Timor and Yasmin coming, coming to the gym. Yes. I've met Amir on a few occasions and Talal has, has come from, from time to time as well. And I can see exactly talking to you, and this is the longest we've, we've had a conversation yes. for, but it's the same. You are Timor, you are Abu Timor. <laughs> <laughs> and the grandchildren. Really? You, know, you have Turab. Yes, you have, yeah, we uh, have Midways. Yeah, we have all of the grandchildren. Yeah, the third as well. generation. <laughs> is it the same? Is it the same coming through? Do you think? Yeah, I think they are all lovely because you know they they have been raised the same way their parents were raised. Yeah, you know, you 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 plant, you find it in front of you. Yes, and you give time. At the end of the day, you reap it. It starts to grow. Huh? Yes. Yes. Do you think you were quite structured in, in, in the upbringing and quite strict in the way you brought them up? Yes. On purpose? Well, you see, you can be strict with your children if you give them all the love you can give. Mm. You know, you can't be strict. You have to give an example. Mm. If, if, if uh, you don't give a, the proper example for your children, then they say, who are you to tell us? what? So... I guess this is how they build their character. So you're working hard, you're loving hard. That's right. You're working on your relationship. And I'm getting it back now. I'm rewarded. How many years did you work hard to start getting it back? Because <laughs> it, be, it must have been tough. Yeah, I, I guess, I guess uh, I've been, since they graduated and they got married and they got their jobs and they got their life, you know, it's so nice to see them enjoying themselves and happy it must be it must be crazy when you're all together maybe in in your house in in Jumeira. that's right that must be satisfaction it is it is very much so though we don't expect uh, much from them mm. they are busy with their children with their life with their thing our house is open yeah. this is where i tell my little grandchildren when they come I said whose house is this i said it's your house Whenever you are uh, willing to come and visit, it's welcome. We don't expect, we don't call. Why aren't you coming? Why are you, aren't you here? No, they come whenever they feel like it. I imagine they feel like coming a lot, though. Yes, yes. That must be, again, that's, that's the real yeah. success. Do you see a lot of how you brought them up in the ways that they're bringing their families up? 
if that makes sense. Well, nothing is identical, mm. but I guess it's the same stream. Which again must be yeah. a very proud moment sure, for you. Sure, yes. Though now that I'm afraid of marriage, the third generation, that afraid, they want to have their jobs first, they want to experience, they want to live until 30 to be able to think about marriage. I've been blamed by them that why do you keep on saying when are you getting married? How are you going to do it? <laughs> so, so we you stop. ask them a lot, do you? Yeah, well, we do. We yeah. both do. <laughs> I guess that's only that's only natural because you know how much happiness marriage and family has brought yes. you, and you want it for the same for that younger generation. That's right. You said something there before about the younger generation of how things have changed and we touched on it briefly things have changed a lot yeah i'm quite a bit younger than you but i feel it as well and and we deal with children here in the gym the children are different from the children i went to school with it's easy to get frustrated and it's easy to say iphone's the problem but what are the solutions how can we help the younger generations to have what you had or potentially what I had as well, knowing that we think that that's a good life. See, in my days, we used to call ourselves bookworms. I mean, I used to read a lot. Yeah. Even in my, before I reached my teens. And I re read classics in Arabic and in English at a very early age, mm. because I did not have a phone, I did not have a television, I did not have an iPad, you know? And now, you don't see kids writing even, barely. Their handwriting is bad, mm. they're, uh, uh, they're constantly following this one and that one, and I haven't seen one of my grandchildren open a book, mm. because they say it's enough to be studying, but they don't open a book. They are constantly on these machines. It's so interesting because one of the questions that we ask people in our recruitment process, they have to fill up an online form, which is against writing and reading, mm -hmm. but that's the way it goes. Yeah. And one of the questions that we ask them is, what is the last book that you read? And... I probably read somewhere around 10 to 15 job applications a week and 90% of them say that they don't read. Is that a problem? You see, it depends because I consider books my best friend. Yeah. And near my bed, I have maybe 10 books or 12 books really? at a time. Yeah. And uh, the little kids come... My youngest grandson is seven. And he looks, what's this pile of junk that my grandfather has near him? Really? Yeah, of course, because they, I don't think they see their parents having uh, books near them. Mm. I think the, in my family, immediate family, my daughters read a lot. My boys much less. But I don't know about it. <laughs> because, you know, the, the, the boys are lawyers. Yes. And they're constantly reading. Yeah. At, uh, in their work. So they want to relax. 
Yeah. I think more reading exhausts them. Yes. But my daughters, luckily, have still have time to read poetry, to read books, to read mm -hmm. literature. And, for instance, Yasmin hates television. Yeah. <laughs> you know, which enables her to read. To read a bit more. It's interesting. Timor sends me a lot of articles. Yes. He's obviously read. And, yeah, maybe that, maybe that consumes all of the bandwidth of... Yeah, Timur is the basically the most um, of my children who read news. He's very political, and he loves to read uh, about uh, politics and the area, and the thing because it helps him in his role For sure. as a, as a uh, general counsel to a big company. Mm. And because you know, if you don't know what's in the environment and what's around you, you won't be able to advise. 100%. So do we get to a point where, with the younger generation, we have to relax a little bit and say, okay, you're getting a lot of information. The way that you get it is different from the way that we get it and we enjoy mm. to get it. But so long as you're, you have good values and you're a nice person, the way that you continue to learn, it's changing. And that's okay. Yes, this is, this is the... Each generation has its time. Mm. Each generation has a way to uh, educate themselves. Yes. And, uh, you know, uh, they are extremely competitive nowadays mm. to enter universities. And they are doing okay. Yeah. They are managing. So I guess they're not doing badly. They're not doing and bad. Yes. And I think it, maybe it goes back to what you said when you sit and you see your family, you see your children, and you see your grandchildren. They're happy. They're loving each other. That's what success That's is. That's true. So, yeah, it's difficult because we want to speak to them, but they're playing on an iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, you see people in coffee shops sitting and four or five members of the family and they're always on their phones mm. or uh, walking mm. i mean instead of looking at this beach and enjoying seeing other people they go uh, on on their crazy, constantly yeah. following people and sometimes <laughs> i actually want to stop those people exactly but then i'm like i think everyone's on their own path aren't they and for some people they haven't quite got it figured out what you've got figured out that to go for your walk with no distraction, no notifications or nothing is what's serving you the very best at that time. Yeah. If that person wasn't on their phone when they were walking, then probably the walk would not happen and they would just be on their phone. The only time I use my phone when I'm walking is to take a picture. Yes. That's it. I never... Uh, the, use it to contact anybody or receive. Did you try and resist getting a, a smartphone, an iPhone? No, but my wife did. She doesn't did she? have one. I got, I got her a number similar to her home number, but she has a burner, and she even doesn't use the burner. <laughs> Unbelievable, huh? <laughs> yeah. It's, um, but she loves her iPad. She, she has three of them. What does she use it for? Just to look through and news and yeah. follow-ups and things like that. Facebook? 
No, no, I'm I'm not on any social media. You don't use social media. No at Instagram, all. no Facebook, nothing. That's good. Yeah, I don't have time for it. You're quite busy. I've <laughs> been retired and stuff, yeah, huh? Yeah, exactly. What What do you do then? In obviously, family's big, sports big now. You've you're at a stage of life where you can do almost what you want. What do you do to fill your day and to, aside from the family stuff, to continue satisfaction, shall we say? Well, I read a lot. I meet my friends. I have several friends here, nice. uh, whether uh, Dubaians or eleven uh, times, or eleven times that's Palestinians, uh, Iraqi, yeah. Lebanese, Syrians. Um, and then uh, I spend most of the time with my wife. <laughs> nice. And uh, uh, the, the grandkids come and say, but how can you do it 24-7? Yeah. <laughs> but, but I think it sinks in them that they would look forward to having the same relationship. Yeah. It's funny. My mom said something to me a, a few weeks ago. She said she was laying on the bed and she said, you and Holly do everything together. And I was like, oh, she's never said something like this before. <laughs> Suddenly my ears are like, I was like, what do you mean? She said, well, you do sport together. You cook together, which is not true. She cooks most of the time, but she makes me cook the barbecue. And she just went through this whole list yeah. of things that we do together. And I said to her, I said, yeah, actually, you know, when someone... It's it's like you say the children when they see it you're like actually yeah we spend we spend a lot of time together and and she just looked at me she said don't ever stop doing that that's right and since that day I've thought about it probably almost every day and it's exactly it's exactly I'm what glad I'm happy for you that way yeah it's mm. it's I don't know and now that you've said it it's another. I, I, another sign I mean I had a, a guest on the show I've had him on a couple of times and he talks about knocks at the door and he said if you hear a small knock you should actually go and see because it might be you know so maybe mum was knocking on the door and telling me something and, and now you've knocked again but it's yes. it is it's so beautiful 55 years and, and that is one of the things you do to occupy your day spend time with your wife that's right, that's right. it's really uh it's it's really cool. How do you continue to share your vision and your traditions and your culture, kind of where we started, with your family? Do you do it consciously or does it just happen? Well, I make a point, for instance, to send lots of my pictures to my younger grandchildren, you know. And uh, uh, even uh, uh, Talal's son came to me last time. He said, you know, you send me too many pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I said, yes, because I would like you to experience what I see. And I would like you to look at this world in a frame, because this is how I look at everything, in a frame. And I want you to look at the flowers, at the colors, you know, many people pass by gardens, pass by flowers, pass by beautiful scenery, and you don't see it. So I want to instill in them, especially the younger ones, this, this love for... Uh, 
Now nature. I, now it's making sense why Yasmin sends me pictures when you're wearing an inner fight shirt. <laughs> yes. It's the same thing. But it, it's, it's one of the benefits of smartphones, of social media yes. in, in a way because we can share it, we can share it directly. It's super powerful, right? It is, but I prefer the olden days because I'm a photographer, or I'm not a photographer, I'm um, not a professional, but yeah. I have around 400 albums no of, of printed photographs wow. between my houses. And uh, that I miss because, okay, I mean, I have... Uh, uh, my smartphone and the cloud and I have thousands of, of mm. uh, pictures. As a matter of fact, uh, Google followers have ticked on my pictures wow. eight and a half million times. Wow. Now, I don't ever send pictures of people, only of cities, of views, of beautiful flowers, beautiful things. So... Uh, I feel that the print was much more uh, special, yes. like receiving uh, um, a letter with a stamp on it. Yeah. And this is what I do at the end of every summer. You know, I send uh, a yearly letter to my children with stamps on it. Wow. Just to keep the tradition. It's non-existent anymore. It is non-existent. And it's, I was recently in, in, in the UK and riding my bike through a lot of old villages close to where I went to school. And one thing that I noticed is that all of the village post offices are no longer there. No. They've been replaced with... It's interesting that for the most part, they've been replaced with coffee shops, which is bringing communities together. Yeah. So whilst we're not communicating in written word, there was a lot of people in, in these coffee shops. But yeah. yeah, my children or my grandchildren, they, they miss the situation where they receive a letter or a postcard. Yes. Anything. They, they don't know it. And we almost have, I've, I almost feel we have a responsibility to, and I'm not good at that, by the way, right? My, my mom was very good. Yeah. And when she passed, Holly, Holly made a, a okay. great joke. Okay. We were going past the, a greeting card shop. Yeah. And yeah. she said, oh, now your mum's passed. They'll probably go out of business. <laughs> <laughs> and I was crying laughing it's, because it's she would send a card for anything. Yeah. And yeah. she would always remember people's birthdays or have her, her address book and her diary. And it would always be there. And at the end of the year, she'd rewrite the birthdays into the next diary so that she could send the there is a lot of power in 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 writing still it is of course as a matter of fact i don't know if any of my kids even or my grandchildren have a box with old letters yes i have a box with old letters between me and my wife when we were dating and when we got married yes i mean it's, it's beautiful but yeah. they don't have it anymore yeah i, I I have a similar box to that. Mm -hmm. School reports. Okay. I still have some school reports from when I was nine or ten years Were old. Were they good? No. <laughs> Which is so interesting it's to read. It's a reminder. It's a reminder. It's so interesting. Uh, if only Marcus applied himself. If only he listened. Yeah. yeah. And I say no, it all the but time. But you have done a wonderful... Uh, I, 
I mean, I'm I'm happy. Think for yourself. That's the most important <laughs> to be happy, you know, to be content. To be content. Yeah. Have you always been this relaxed and content? <laughs> he looks towards <laughs> his daughter Yasmin. Um, sat here. You know, I'm a Taurus, mm. and usually I'm very patient, okay. and very loyal. But boy, when I see red, really? <laughs> yes, but and that's rarely, rarely happens. Is it less now than it was, or no? It's no, it's much less, rare. much less. Yeah. I, I've always been that way. I mean, uh, but you really have to push me to 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 get me into that stage. So, and and, and I only have two questions left, and this Tell is me. one of them. Tell me, how does someone with that relaxed attitude that's not 300 miles an hour because the world is telling us to be 300 miles an hour and you've got to go and your goals have got to be this and blah 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 and you know you listen to anyone these days or any silly podcast like this these days everyone is bigger better more aggressive push this guy out the way don't talk to how you've been super successful how you can do it without being 300 miles an hour. Well, I was 300 miles an hour before. <laughs> I mean, we passed through lots of ups and downs. Right. It was not easy for us to reach where we were. But when we reached, we relaxed. Nice. So there's a time to open the of gas. Course. Of course. But it's always the time to be a good person. That's right. So if we could wrap it up in... Your best piece of advice, if you were to write me a letter and I was to say to you, Abu Timur, don't make it too long because my phone will beep and I'll get distracted. <laughs> Please, could you write in a letter for me the best piece of advice that you could share with another human being? What would it be? The world is full of temptations. You have to respect yourself, your family, your grandchildren, be able to overcome all these temptations. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. This Thank was, you for having me. This was cool. <laughs> and now I have two of your family done. Maybe we'll go. We, 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 could, get, uh, we could get Timor. Yeah, Timor should be very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And see how, how they line up. Yes. Abu yes. Timor, thank you so much. What you've shared with with you, our three, three listeners will be very valuable for, for all of them. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you very much.